My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. We are the Itch Rock Radio and Podcast, and you are listening to The Hook, the ultimate rock community podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to The Hook Rocks. I am your host, Jay Scott. Thanks for tuning in once again. Thanks for listening. Really do appreciate it. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Great network of music-related podcasts. Check out all the uh, the music podcasts that are on that platform, such as some of my friends that are on there, like Vinny Apice and Carmen Apice and the Hanging and Banging Podcast. You've got Shout Out Loudcast, the great Kiss Podcast with Tom and Zeus, Cobras and Fire with Baco, Rock Historian Martin Popoff, Mistress Carrie out on the East Coast, and so much more for you to listen. There's pretty much something for everyone. So if you want to dive into that at PantheonPodcast.com, there's so many options for you if you're a music lover. Also check out the Real Me Podcast, which we just did a show with the host, Aaron Alden. And we discuss the healing power of music through Teen Cancer America, the charity that is founded by Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend. So check out those stories. Check out that interview with Aaron. Also check out some other previous new episodes that we have just dropped. We just did a new music spotlight with The Odd Even. We interviewed Phil Lewis from L.A. Guns and a host of other shows, too, for you to check out and listen to. You can... Follow us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks. Follow us wherever you do podcasts. We're on every podcast platform. And also catch us on Facebook too as well. Search up The Hook Rocks. We've got another great new music spotlight for you. We'd like to welcome in a band from the UK that probably about two weeks ago, I was sent the video for their song called Fire. And man, just knocked me on my ass. It is Fantastic. I shared it with like a whole bunch of people, the Groove Council, who we do talk about a lot of new music that um, are a bunch of, of, uh, of followers of the Hook Rocks that get together and we share new music. Everybody was blown away by it. I'd like to welcome in George and George from Hello. Crooked Shapes. What's going on, man? How are you? Hi. Hey, we're good. 
Yeah, all good. We're all good. Should we, should we, should we save confusion with two Georges? We've got, uh, we call, we call bass guitarist George Ivesy generally, so. It's, it's a terrible nickname, but it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, I'm glad to have you guys on. I've been looking forward to having you on the show. Um, glad the the timing worked out and everything. So, uh, yeah, uh, just excited to have another great new band, great new band from the UK on the New Music Spotlight. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, we always start the same way every time we have first-time guests on the show, and that is really what we're all about. Just like every great rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance, that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Well, that's an art. Do you want to go first, Isaac? That's a tough question. Um, I've been lucky in that uh, uh, I really got into music through my dad. Um, He used to (laughs) play a lot of kind of, uh, you know, great, kind of classic rock stuff to me as a kid, as well as just sort of anything kind of oddball or interesting uh, um, as a kid. I remember listening to um, uh, stuff like Led Zeppelin and The Who a lot as a kid. Uh, we used to listen to, I remember <laughs> pulling into school uh, with my dad blasting out like Achilles Last Stand by Led Zeppelin um, when I was like seven years old and that just being like an incredible sort of like moment you know, from like an early stage of, uh, of my um, my interest in, in music, I think that's probably what get you know got me in at a young age. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if your question, if you were more digging for like a, a more recent kind of story. Or... I don't know. My my, my like, rock, the whole getting into rock is just. Um, I mean, my, my, the whole my 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 there my family home has always been uh, surrounded by music. I mean, my grandma was a music teacher. My dad was in a band when he was younger as well. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a different style. It's a bit more new wave he was in. But, um, uh, but he always, he, he had, his, he, I remember him playing his electric guitar when I was a kid and I was like, dad, it's just the sound of rock. And I thought it was awesome. And, you know, I just thought oh, I'll be awesome to be able to do that one day. I didn't think I'd actually be able to, mind you. But then I, one day picked it up and that was it. But, um, yeah, he's, we've always had rock in the house because he's in the band like Free and Bad Company and stuff like that. So, I feel like I've been brought up with a decent taste, and then, and then you know, my sister's kind of got me into like metal and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, then I started going to my first concerts, and I just I became you know very much a dedicated rocker, really. So, was there a moment when you wanted to take that passion for music and get up on stage and play it live? Was there a concert? Was there a performance that you saw? Oh, uh, actually, my first performance, uh, there wasn't really a performance that made me want to do that. I mean, when I first start, picked up a guitar, because I was actually watching a video on YouTube, it, was actually, it wasn't of a gig or anything. It was just someone else playing, just some random person. I have no idea who it was. And I thought, that's really cool. I want to be able to do that. You know, I thought, sod it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a go. My parents are out, so I didn't feel too nervous about grabbing the guitar and attempting to play a power chord. But I managed to learn a riff there and then. And I was like, okay, this is all right. Maybe if I plod along with this a bit each day, I'll, um, I'll get into some sort of role with it. And I did. And um, what was it? At my school, uh, one, of my, one of my teachers used to organize like a charity concert. And um, 
I used to get along with him quite well for a teacher because he was into rock music. So we had a bit of a bond over that, which is quite nice. Um, and he heard me playing guitar. Um, and he was like, yeah, you're going to be playing in it. And I was, I was bricking it first of all, basically, but I had no choice. But I managed to get a drummer to jam along. We, we jammed the Enter Sandman, uh, Sandman by Metallica. And that was just like the turning point. From then on, I was hooked. I had to play live and I tried to do it every opportunity. And it, I basically caught the bug, so to speak. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, sort of similar thing to me. I, I got big into it through school, basically, finding kind of like-minded friends. Uh, I remember skipping a few classes so that I could practice guitar yeah, with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, in like one of the music rooms, kind of tucked away. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've been lucky enough that I've had the opportunity to be able to kind of perform you know, like a teenager through schools and, and stuff like that. So it, it, it's hard to kind of say, to say a performance from um, like a band that I saw that's necessarily influenced because I, I, I kind of, that was already like a part of my life before I was like regularly going to gigs anyway. Um, I mean, even younger than that, like I was doing performances in like a choir when I was really young. So it's like, something that I've always been interested in, even, yeah. even like, I think maybe it, it like, it only sort of coincided that like, performing live and sort of be, being massively into rock music was like, I don't know, like came together maybe in my sort of teenage sort of days. But um, yeah, no, it, it's like, I've always liked, liked performing, even, even doing like, I don't know, like drama clubs at school and stuff. It's like, it's always been an interest in mine. I, I've had this conversation with many artists about the impact live music, especially a rock concert. I've I've never experienced a pop rock concert or any other genre. I mean, I've I've, I've seen other genres, you know, jazz and blues and and other artists, but I've never experienced kind of the pull that a rock concert has on an individual, because. Once you hear it and once you feel that synergy with the crowd and you experience the whole, the whole package, right, it never lets you go. It gets in your blood and you, oh, want, yeah. you want more of it. And I, and I see it with my, my 16-year-old son who, when he was five, I took him to see Butch Walker, who's a singer-songwriter, great artist. And ever since then, you know, he's, he's found a path to rock and roll. He's gone to you know, Iron Maiden concerts and Metallica concerts and all the stuff. He can't get enough of it. It's like, it, it is like a natural drug. It's so, it's so empowering. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cathartic. I think it's kind of like, um, you know, if you're all enjoying the same experience, you're, you know, I, I think what makes sort of rock music interesting, I think for us as well, is like, um, it's it's the potential for things. Well, it's, it's partly it's like the potential for things to go wrong is almost like an exciting part of it. You know, it's almost yeah. like, it's almost like um, things not being as sort of you know things are structured. You, you've got an expectation that when you go see a band and they play a song that you love, it's going to be pretty much kind of as you know it. Yeah. Um, but it's like I think 
Yeah, it's like you're, you're sharing an experience with a whole crowd of, you know, it could be thousands of people at one time, and you're all sort of enjoying the same thing, and it's almost like you kind of, your minds kind of sync up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like yeah. Weird, um, Get yeah, that and I, <laughs> that and I think it is, you know, there's something innately kind of stuck about rock music where, um, with guitars and stuff, it's, it's, it's almost like you're getting the most, about volume, about like pushing the most amount of air out of like kind of like small movements, you know. I think mm. with like you know maybe I'm maybe I'm like digging into things a bit too much, but it's like you know it's like you know there's there's just very, something very satisfying about loud guitars, turning into small movements into like a big a big thing. Yeah, that that sums up really for me as well, to be honest. Yeah, it's you mentioned something really interesting. Everyone's experiencing the same thing. But everybody has a different experience, right? There might be some similar things, but everybody's getting something different out of it. Everybody's feeling something, you know, different. Um, And like I said, sometimes they might be close, but everybody walks out of a rock show happy and and incredibly, you know, hyped up and, and, and just enjoying the whole experience it's something so special and when you can experience you know when you're younger and it just grips you and it wants you to be you know if you're a musician you want to be on stage because i mean how many guitar players have you heard over the years talk about that moment when ace freely's guitar flew into the rafters in 1977 and you know that was such an impactful moment for them seeing that that they wanted to pick up a guitar it it just has that that way about it live rock music is so powerful oh yeah no definitely it's um you know it, even even with the whole like you know marsh you know marshall traditionally the marshall stack or whatever amps um used on stage uh you know the big amps it adds what you see in front of you adds to the whole experience and the volume as well because you see and you think oh this is going to be mental and it tears your face off, and it is awesome. Like even like, I know I know there's a lot of bands who don't actually use the amps which are on stage on stage anymore, and it's you know they're, they're shells. But just the image of it being on there, uh, you know, it, it, it's just it, it looks the part, and it's part of the fun as well. Like it's an experience. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I think of those visions when I was growing up of. Van Halen with those stacks of amps, you know, from, oh, yeah. from one end of the stage to the other, and it breaks where the drum set is. But it's, yeah. it's just like it's just such an image that you know is so powerful. It's and it just it really defines what live music is. It's all about power. It's all about that that power chord that just rips right through you. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. As far as writing music goes, was there a song that? had a melody or, you know, had lyrics in it that grabbed you and wanted you to write music, you know, yourself. I mean, I don't know if you guys are the principal lyricists of the band, but you do write music with melody and on, on your instruments. Was there an influence there? Um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I, I, in terms of songwriting, it's generally kind of like, uh, I mean, I, I, in terms of like the music side of things, it's probably I've mostly come up to sort of riffs in that, the sort of most of the structure and then I sort of bring it to the table and we all kind of like delve into it together. But there's also Ozzy and Craig not here today. He um 
they, they write a lot of lyrics as well and they get involved in that. But we all like work on melodies and make it something together. But in terms of like writing and I don't know, I, I would, it's hard to say was there a song which made me want to write something. It's, it's actually just something which I really wanted to do as soon as I picked up the guitar. Cause I mean, I, I've always liked kind of doing things my own way, if that makes any sense. Um, and I was trying to figure stuff out and wait, like, you know, make stuff before I'd even really listen to loads of things. So I just thought, well, this is what I kind of like the sound of. And, you know, then as I, as I started listening to more bands, I, I started hearing things that I've liked and started incorporating those things into, um, into my, into my playing and stuff like that and my writing as well. And, um, yeah, it, and the thing is, there's this, I, I suppose now I discover new bands and I, I get I, I really like like I really like them and it makes me think oh I wanna I wanna get a bit of that flavour in there somewhere with um with a new song and that's kind of what happens I I'll but also I'll, I'll always have the parts from always have the influence from everything else I know I mean no I mean influences uh influences go straight right, right from you know you know Black Sabbath all the classic rock bands. You know, to the heavier end of the spectrum, like Slipknot and stuff like that. But then also going to like different types of music. Like I play classical guitar, I'm properly into classical music. And um, I like a bit of jazz, I like a bit of funk, I like a bit of, uh, uh, I mean, I work with Thundercat, it's almost like a <laughs> R&B jazz fusion thing, but like it's insane. And, uh, you know, even some soul, like you can take a bit from anything and put it in what you write and it'll, you know, as long as it sounds good, it sounds good. I mean, why does it have to be like, oh, you can only do this because this is what rock music is? Got it, man. Like, you know, I like how this sounds in that in that type of music. Why can't I just like make it to fit what what we do in Crooked Shapes, for example? It's just similar in a sense, but with a bit more overdrive on it. Was there? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. When when you're writing music, when you're writing lyrics. Is there a certain motivation for you? Do you write about personal experience? Do you write about observation? Do you write about um, what others are going through that you know? How, where do you find, you know, your your inspiration to write? I think um, with lyrics, I mean, yeah, with, with the most recent album, definitely, it's a very much a kind of a more personal experience kind of thing, and you know, because it's all there's a, there's quite a big, especially over here in the UK, there's a massive thing on. Uh, it was a massive thing about mental health at the moment and to be honest we, we didn't write these songs because of there being such a kind of a big thing about mental health it, it's just like we you know we you know, writing music and it just kind of came out that that's what it was kind of coming out about it's not just about the experiences we were going through um, and uh, so yeah it, it, that, that's kind of what it, it, it's like a therapy you know self-therapy in a sense uh, but yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much it. Music. I mean, it's the same. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I would say like lots of different sort of uh, musicians or songwriters have kind of influenced songwriting. Um, certainly, one from like a young age that I I was big into was um, Tom Waits, the, the singing songwriter. I, was, I think as a, my dad got me big into him as a kid, and I was like, what on earth? Without it, just sort of context of it, it's like, what on earth are these songs about, you know? Like, yeah. I, I just found them kind of fascinating. And I think it's like being able to paint 
a world or, you know, in, inspire people's imaginations, I think is interesting, but also um, being able to draw from like a very personal place, I think is important. I think, um, <coughs> yeah, it's, it, it's hard to say, I don't know, it, I think, I haven't always found like songwriting particularly easy, but um, I think it's just like whatever it kind of interests me at the time. I'm like, oh, this is something interesting. <laughs> I'll try and, you know, I want to do something about this, whether it just happens to be a song, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to kind of like... A romantic love song about a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, cats need love too, right? <laughs> when you are writing, is it, is it therapeutic for you? Is it does it help you get a, d- a different perspective when you're writing about something personal? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess a lot of this recent album was re- sort of written before COVID and everything. Um, but uh, I think, in, in a kind of weird sense, some of that that sort of feeling is reflected. Though. I mean, there's a lot of the themes relate to just sort of struggles or that we've had in our kind of personal lives and um, dealing with mental health. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been very helpful to kind of like almost use it as a sense to kind of look at your, yourself from like an outside perspective. It, it's almost like by writing it down and having it as like a commodity, you can kind of like view it from the outside. I don't know if that makes that much sense, but it's like, if, if by turning it into music, it becomes a shared experience, and, yeah, and, yeah. and therefore, it, it's not something that's entirely inside. Uh, yeah. Interesting. As far as having that perspective, right? When when you do write about something that is personal. There is a sense of vulnerability. There is a sense of tapping into something that may be uncomfortable. But once you write it, it goes to the people that listen to it. They absorb it how they how they listen to it, right? They 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 determine yeah. what it means to them. Is that yeah. difficult for you guys to to see when someone, you know, is is maybe having their own meaning behind the song when it maybe was Not- intended for something different? Not really, actually, because that's something I've always done myself. Um, I mean, I, I, I know what the song means, but I get I kind of make my own kind of meaning up for it, which, of course, in my, um, yeah, it, 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 it's still based around relatively the same, relatively same topic, but it, it's, I, I kind of like the music to me, not just the lyrics, the music itself actually makes, like, a story in my mind, if that makes sense, and... It, I, I feel from the music just as much as the lyrics. Like, I mean, I, sometimes I can't actually really understand the lyrics which are being sung because I, I don't know. I've never, I've never been good at picking out words from lyrics just like that. So I, if, I, if there be a bit which I don't, I'll just make up my own words in my head until I actually learn what it is. But then I, I just have my own kind of thing going on with it. Really, I mean, I suppose the only one. If I would never have known that. Uh, Every breath you take by the police is actually by a stalking incident. You'd probably be like, oh, it's a sweet love song, but no, it's actually really quite dark and depressing. So, which I actually find pretty funny to be honest, because people have it as their first dance sometimes. So I have a first dance about stalkers, brilliant. But <laughs> yeah, that is an interesting take, and in how people people play that song at weddings and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. 
there's, the, there's such a dark side to it. I mean, like when there's that key change, especially at the end, like it's just like, oh, it, it, it sends a bit of a chill down the spine that bit. I'm like, oh, that's, that says that's a sinister kind of bit. It, that's yeah. a good word. It, sounds, it goes from sounding quite sweet and, you know, quite caring and that. And then to suddenly just be like, oh, this is a, this has got a bit of a sinister edge to it. And I always, I got to admit, even before I knew the meaning behind the song, I thought, oh, it's a quite a nice song. But then that little bit, it did kind of like think, that's quite a dark sounding bit. What's that? What's to do with that? And then when I found out the actual meaning behind it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, it is quite dark. That's why. <laughs> you guys are a three-piece band. You guys sound like there's six members in the band, uh, which is absolutely incredible. Um when when you are putting this band together and you decide to do a, a three piece, was there other bands that have three members that were influences for you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, like we're we're big fans of bands like Rush and bands like um, uh, well, I guess there there are sort of other bands that we've been aware of, like Kings X or even you know I was, I was quite into Muse, um, like. Would say like very influential on me. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> it's even bands like not necessarily three piece bands, but three piece like not that vocals aren't an instrument, but because um, it's an instrument in your voice, but in, in yourself. But um, like you know, guitars, bass, and drum. Uh, like you know, that, that's you know, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin. They they have a lead vocalist, but the, the, the guitar, the bass, and the drum is it's a three piece setup there and. What I've always loved about um, that sound, I mean, like when, when I first when we were first doing bands, uh, I was like obsessed with like Iron Maiden, Tim Lizzy. I wanted to dual lead guitar thing, and then we had an instant where we were in a band. We were a five piece like years ago in an old incarnation with a different name, um, and then the guitarist left, and we were like, oh, we need to get another guitarist. But then we did it. We actually did a gig as you know as. Well, we were four piece back then because we had a we had a singer in that band, another singer. But um, we uh, I thought we actually did the gig. And we're like, you know what? We actually like the sound of it. We're just the one guitar because you know, yeah, you don't have you know some, quite the full sound on its own in a sense, but it bring it opens up space for the bass guitar to kind of become a more melodic instrument in itself. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of forces you to be a bit more thoughtful about how you sort of arrange the music in itself. That and it was like, it feels like a harsh thing to say, but it's like, do we need to, for certain songs, just hire someone to play just like power chords behind something? It's like, yeah. But, you know, it, it kind of pushes us, I think, to be a bit more creative in, in certain ways. Yeah. Also, I quite like the pressure of being the only guitarist and having to basically not cock up otherwise. Everyone won't hear it's you that made the mistake. So you get, you know, you're, you're sheltered a lot less. You're a lot more kind of vulnerable when you're playing. But um, I mean, we've got we've gotten around ways to kind of dig up the sound, even though it's just one guitar. Like we, like I run a dual amp setup live either side of the stage, so it sounds huge, even though it's just one of us, one well one guitar to me. And then obviously his bass tone is just huge anyway. So um, yeah, it's. It, you know, it's, it's but we kind of stuck with the whole three piece thing, and you know, what's also useful as being a three piece is that it's, uh, it's, it's less people to have to get stressed and annoyed with. So, <laughs> yeah, there are some logistical and logistical issues which have plagued us in the past, but um, yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's a interesting uh, way of putting it. I was speaking about George, to George Lynch about that because his band went from a four piece to a three piece, and he said the same thing. It's a lot. It's a lot less forgiving when you're a three piece because you've got a lot of space and you've got to make up that space. And when there's another guitar player in there, um, you can kind of get away with a few things that you can't when you're a three piece band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember there's a, there's a particular song by Black Sabbath which um, has a section in it which it's, it's the bit which made me think, oh, this is just amazing. And what what was it about it? It was the fact that it was it was the clarity of what was of what it was. It was just it was um it was Fairies Wear Boots by Black Sabbath, and it's that middle guitar solo section when Tony Iommi goes on fripping his solo and geezers in the background. Going doom, 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 you know, going in this, you know, literally ripping it on the bass. But like, he's, he's, he's not just plodding along on one note. He's, he's, it's a melodic piece in the background and it's the way it all kind of blends together. And it's just like, you don't get that in, for example, uh, no, nothing against ACDC, the brilliant band, but because it's all about the power chord and that and, you know, you have you know you have the rhythm guitars in the background. You won't have that clarity, that space for the bass guitarist to go off and do that sort of thing because you won't. It'll kind of get muddied out by the rhythm guitar, and it, you won't really notice it as much anyway. Whereas, you know, having having that space when the guitar goes into the solo and it's it it, it, it becomes it's yeah, it's a clarity which is for me really 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 satisfying. When you are writing music, the last two songs, Appetite and Fire, uh, Fire came out two months ago. Appetite was just released a couple weeks ago. How is yeah. the collaborative process within the band for Crooked Shapes? I mean, uh, yeah, so Appetite is um, music that uh, George wrote a while ago. And we were kind of, um, we were a little bit kind of on the fence of it with it initially for the album because we were like this is kind of a um, quite an upbeat track and you know is this going to work with a bunch of sort of songs that are a bit kind of heavier and a bit more mostly kind of gravitated and I, I kind of I was like this always sort of yeah. this song almost kind of sounds like a bit of a party song so like my approach to it was I kind of wanted to write the anti-party song yeah it was about just like kind of quite overtly putting on a face or putting on like um, a facade just to kind of like get on more, trying to socialize or trying to like, um, uh, you know, trying to like put on a put, put on a face to get through, even, yeah, right? or you know, trying to like, yeah, it was, it was kind of like I, I wanted that kind of conflict between what the lyrics were saying and what the music kind of divides the music. A bit like what we were chatting before with um with every breath you take. Yeah. Like, yeah. That that kind of interests me is like that that sort of jet where what the music is telling and what the lyrics are saying are kind of like at ends with each other. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, what was it? The video. Um the video for it is uh is 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 idea the video and um we originally wanted to do it um, like in live shot, but we thought that might be quite difficult, especially with COVID going on. Um, but we managed to get the details of the person who did the animation, and it was, it was awesome. And it's all that slightly comic book-like animation, which I really, really like. 
Um, but it's almost like it's, it's supposed to be, it, it, it's kind of like a slightly dark humour, you know, it's, 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 you know, funny cardboard cut-out figures which are representing these people who you can't relate to. Um, but it's kind of sad because this guy is just making a complete art of himself in front of everybody and he's clearly drinking himself under the table and just not, you know, being self-destructive because he feels probably like a nervous wreck. And it's, it's a situation which I feel like we've been in, you know, personally. And, yeah, so it's, it, yeah, it's kind of like dark humour slightly, the, the, the video in a sense, I'd say. That's, that's my spin on it anyway. When you're writing, or when the, how how the band has evolved over? Because you guys had an EP before this. You guys formed in 2018. Um, obviously, everyone dealt with the pandemic across the country, across the you know across the world. Um, yeah. Experiencing that now, putting out new music, how has things changed within the band in terms of maybe the tone of the music or the style? Has that evolved at all or, or what, what what direction are you guys headed with the new material um that's come out since the ep yeah i mean the, the ep um was partly material that um i mean we we, we were it was, it was yeah. partly material from a yeah. previous project that we wanted to kind of continue forward i mean um it's i mean part of the reason that it's called fallout it is is kind of like the fallout of the of a kind of previous band in a sense. Um, but yeah, I, I think at that time we were very in, sort of in, interested in being kind of like a classic rock and kind of blues kind of stuff. And although that's still kind of part of our sound, I think we were as kind of the time's gone on, almost to sort of fit the kinds of subjects that we wanted to deal with. Um, our music's kind of become a bit darker and I think we've kind of been more interested in, I don't know, like grunger kind of sounds or like bands like um, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains have been like a big influence. And um, we, I think our sort of sound has maybe evolved to be a bit kind of darker and harsher and a bit a bit kind of fuzzier and a bit kind of like, um, just to kind of like, yeah, like match the yeah. what we want to write music around. I, mean, I try, I try, try not to think too hard. We, we try not. To, well, I try when I'm writing. Like, a, if, if I've got a riff in my head or I'm writing a piece of music, I, I try to not think too hard about it, and it just comes out as it is. And it is just like it's coming out heavier. And to be honest, I started experimenting around with. Um, I mean, I've, personally, I've never been a fan of down tuning guitars or using seven string guitars and stuff like that because I like. I I I, I love my Les Paul. It's it's my you know, it's, it's my, it's an extension of me. And to be honest, I, I you know, whilst I like other guitars, it's, I'll always, I'll always go back to that. That's where I'm at home, if that makes any sense. So, you know, I started experimenting around with uh, getting sort of heavier sounds from what I have. And, you know, you can play certain chord shapes, you can play in positions you can play to get effectively what sounds like down-tuned effects but on a six-string guitar and standard tuning. And uh, I, I played a few demos of brand new stuff, which is actually even newer than the stuff on the EP. We're talking about the future of the band. And people would be like, oh, have you got down-tuned? I was like, nope, standard tuning. And they have been a bit like, oh, you know, kind of like a bit surprised, like, holy moly, like, it sounds huge, you know. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's sticking around. It, it thing, things that things I'd say this is probably the, the album's probably get the, the sound of Crooked Shape is probably going to dive probably a bit more into. I don't know. It'd be interesting. It, I don't know if you have to describe what it's going to now in terms of, but. It, it's it makes a bigger contrast in a sense. Like, yeah. I think we're uh, some of it's going kind of heavier, but some of it's not necessarily heavier. I think we're including sort of more harmonies and more uh, kind of other instruments and stuff. Yeah, it's it's, um, it's it's hard to say exactly, but yeah, we're, yeah. Is it important to keep challenging yourselves? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, to kind of keep music interesting, well, music is always interesting, but like to kind of get the most out of um, the, the satisfaction of music for us is like, you know, we want to kind of drive or see where, um, where we can kind of take, you know, rock music as it is, in a sense. Like, um, yeah. As far as the album goes, when you're when you're putting this together, you know, you talk about the direction, you talk about the challenging yourselves within the band, you know, coming out of a pandemic and looking at rock music, you know, prior to that, right, where bands are struggling for relevancy, bands are struggling for an audience. We're now 2021. There seems to be uh, the beginning of a resurgence where. People are gravitating to live rock music and, and listening to newer bands. Are you seeing that same stuff? Um, it's kind of it's difficult to see exactly at the moment. I mean, oh, um, it's it's been, there, it's over here, to be honest. Uh, with me. Yeah, I mean, even in, continuing into 2021, I think restrictions within the UK have um, it, it's been sort of up and down, really. Um, but I think I think people are really sort of keen to see gigs when they can, but. Um, there's not really many gigs. A lot of a lot of venue promoters and stuff like that. They're kind of a bit on the edge about um, putting gigs on because they're they're kind of unsure how many people are going to come. And the trouble is, they're literally they've been absolutely stripped of all their funding and and that they basically have no money. So it, they're kind of on the edge of like, if we put a gig on, like, and we have to obviously you know they have to hire out, they have to hire out, they're paid for. They have to pay the sound guy, they have to pay bar staff, all of that. Um, if if the band doesn't, if a band who goes and puts a gig on doesn't sell tickets because people are too scared to come out, then they're just going to be losing even more money. And that will, that you know, they can potentially yeah, right. close. There's, there's venues over here closing left, right, and centre. Yeah, but, like, um, um, yeah. yeah, you know, they're put a bunch of money into um, a big band coming out and then restrictions change and, you know, insurance may or may not cover that kind of big expense. It's, yeah. It's very difficult for venues at the moment. It, it has to be exciting on one side and also kind of the unknown, you know, on the other. I mean, I've interviewed yeah. quite a few different bands from the UK, from all over Europe as well. And I think there is a different tone now that we're coming out of the pandemic. Fingers crossed. At least there's light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe that's a better way to put it. But yeah, as far as touring and as far as bands, I know you know with with Brexit there was you know some issues with the expense now to go play Europe, where 
it's almost as equal now to play in the U.S. If you can get you know the bands together to go play the U.S. Have you determined what what your plan is as a band with Crooked Shapes and where to play and where what audiences to go after? I mean, I think at the moment we're pretty sort of focused on the UK. We would love to go um, play uh, in Europe and in the US again. I mean, we were lucky enough to, in a, in a previous band, um, play in Oklahoma. The Rockahoma Festival back in 2016. 2016 yeah. Oh, wow. Um, which was an amazing experience. Um, we, we loved it. Um, we'd love to do something like that again, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's difficult to determine exactly if we're going to be able to do something like that again um, at, you know, any time soon. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we'd love to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'd love, it's, it's, it's just, a, yeah, like I said, the logistics of doing those overseas shows are always difficult, but um, I mean, I, the whole Brexit thing, yeah, it's, 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 it's frustrating in that sense, but, you know, it, it's, it, it doesn't get on with it kind of thing now. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way around it because you have to. And, um, you know, there, there, was a, there was a UK before um, before the EU. So, you know, it's, it's, I know a lot of people get very kind of about it, but it, it, it's, you know, just get, get on with it and, you know, see where it takes. Yeah, we'll, 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 figure way. Way. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, I, I believe firmly that whatever is good will find an audience, right? Good music yeah. will always find an audience. And you guys, yeah. you guys are, are making great music. Um, one of the, some of the feedback that I've, that I've, you know, had from people that I've played the music for is like, is that three people? How is that three people? And, and just absolutely, you know, mouths drop when they hear the song fire and the, and the song appetite. So I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And, I know you know there's a there's a contingent of of people here in America that would love to see these bands from the UK come over and tour. I know it's a challenge. I know it's difficult. I know it's expensive, but uh, hopefully one day that can happen. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure it will. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I think we will. It will happen. It's just a matter of time, really. And um, you know, we're just. Uh, meanwhile, whilst we're over here, still we're just um, keep perfecting. Our craft and <laughs> as good as possible when we're around there. So, yeah, we want to give the best show possible, really. So, well, what about touring the UK? What's the plans for you guys once the album hits? I think, well, to be honest, yeah, I think yeah. in the new year um, we're going to be booking trying to shows, book um, shows. Um, We've already got some stuff lined up, which is quite nice, um, and. Uh, but it's, it's just get more really. I mean, it's, it's I'm just trying to be kind of going around getting hold of people and stuff. So, but now now's the time to be doing it. So that's what we're we're kind of pushing now for next year. I mean, we we had a gig on Saturday just gone, um, and that was you know that was a good laugh. We would have wanted to do more this year, but realistically, you know that was never going to really happen. But we did do some. It's just been difficult because of COVID, um, but. Yeah, that that was the last gig of the year this year. So now we're just like completely focused on getting gigs for next year, really. Well, that's awesome. Well, guys, I, I appreciate you coming on and doing this interview. Uh, it's been a blast. I'm a big fan of the music, and you know, big success and good luck to you guys with the new album. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you very much. Cheers.
Everybody, that's Crooked Shapes. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. You can find their self-titled debut album out this Friday. Go on crookedshapes.com, and you can listen to it there. You can order it there. Is it going to be a physical copy, or is it just streaming, guys? Yeah, there's a physical copy. It's going to be on all the online platforms. It'll be on like, you know, yeah, iTunes, Amazon, all that stuff, and Apple Music, all the streaming, Spotify. It'll be like everywhere, and there are hard copies as well. And we are thinking about trying to at some point get some vinyl done for it as well, maybe. So keep your keep your eyes and ears out for that. Yeah, don't, don't tell me that because vinyl is going to cause me to go bankrupt with uh, with all these different colors and different editions and Discogs, which is, I, I think, I don't know if you're familiar with Discogs. It's like this site that you can find find anything on. That site's going to be the death of me. Okay. It's, uh, it's an addiction, I think, to Discogs. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, I get these emails. Oh, a, a vinyl that you've put on your want list is now available. I'm like, stop sending me these emails, you know? So... <laughs> Anyway, guys, thanks for doing this. Everybody, that's Crooked Shapes. Uh, new album out Friday. And uh, go check it out. It's great. Check out the songs Appetite and Fire. You will be you will be hugely impressed. Big fan of the band. Check them out. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. Take care, everybody. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.